It's me, Sam. This is my podcast. Thank you for listening. (sighs) I'm trying not to be irritated because this is just what happens when you um, make a decision to record in the least technical way possible. (laughs) I recorded about 30 minutes worth of content yesterday afternoon And then um, ended up picking up the babies. And so I stopped the recording to to finish today. Um, And then my phone died. And so because the phone died, the um, recording was saved into like the actual drive of the phone. But I couldn't add on to it. I tried to. And instead of adding on to it, it just recorded over top of it. So anyway, I am, I'm kind of trying to figure out like what's something that I could do or what's something that I could sell to where I could specifically designate the profits towards some like actual podcast equipment so that I could start to be a little bit more, uh, put together with this situation because I don't care. Like, honestly, sometimes I listen to other podcasts. I mean, I listen to other, a lot of other podcasts, but sometimes when I'm listening to them, I'm like, um, no shade, but my audio on my phone recording sounds better than your audio on like your fancy equipment. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I've read reviews about how like the, the phones are so, this is not anything that anybody cares about, but the phones are really technologically advanced to the point that in reality, the microphones on the phone, on a, like a smartphone especially, are some of the best, like are really the best that there is. So, but this type of situation is what's annoying is that I put in the time and record and have content and then now it's gone. And so now I have to start over and I'm annoyed. Excuse me. Oh my gosh. I just got some Chick-fil-A, like a basic white kid. And, uh, you know what I get there because I'm still, I'm still, uh, this is, I hate myself, but I don't, but I mean, it's just annoying. It's just, it's just my body. It's just what it is, but I'm still eating low carb in hopes that someday I might actually lose some weight. This is what happens. Uh, my mom, she is, okay, let me backtrack here. This is a sidebar. This is getting a start, the start of the ramble, but this is important. My mom has been going to a primary care doctor for a lot of years And she also has specialists for some other like autoimmune things that she's, um, deals with. And at no point during any of those physician visits has anyone ever told her that it might be a good idea to try to lose weight. Um, despite the fact that she is overweight and, you know, and I'm constantly like encouraging her and, and trying to help her. And my brother I know is constantly has made comments to her, um, And I don't want you to think that, like, I'm coming down on her or, like, if she's going to be upset if she listens to this. She, The other side note is that she can't listen to it anyway because her phone's jacked up. So, (laughs) she's tried. And and sometimes, someday we'll figure it out. But she knows this. Like, I have told her before that it is so frustrating to me that she goes to a doctor. She is overweight. She has a autoimmune disorder that affects her joints. Our joints were not made to function when our weight is not within a normal range. It affects our joint. Well, anyway, and and none of these doctors would say to her, you need to lose weight. You need to lose weight to be healthier. You are not, you know, I'm all about like loving your body and not body shaming. But the reality is I'm not about um, being overweight and, and not confronting the fact that being overweight is not healthy, period. And what she would have, what would happen is she would have these doctors, she would, you know, her blood pressure would be normal, her, uh, blood sugar levels would be normal, her blah, blah, blah. But the thing is, it's not a, that's not sustainable. You cannot sustain, 
you know, carrying a, a lot of extra weight and it not eventually, you know, have an effect on your body. Anyway, so she finally went to actually to an OBGYN and that doctor, I don't know what it was about that doctor or why she felt inclined to like kick it into gear, but he did say to her, you have got to lose weight. And so from that appointment, she has committed like 100% to eating low carb and is doing so well. Like if she could listen to this, I would, I mean, I've said this to her face, but she's doing amazing. She's super strict. She does not cheat. She's very disciplined and she's doing an amazing job. So I had been doing the same since about the beginning of the year had had like a couple of times, especially when the kids were sick for a week, like I just fell off the wagon. I couldn't keep up with it. But then after that week, like I had been really strict as well. And so I had actually dropped, um, I had dropped down like nine pounds. But what happens is for some reason, this has been like a consistent issue, even though I don't cheat and I stick to it over the weekends, I get to Monday morning and I'm up five pounds. What? Like, I don't know. I know a lot of it is like with keto and eating low carb, there's a lot of water weight fluctuation and I get that. But so anyway, I'm still eating this way and, uh, you know, I get Chick-fil-A, I get the grilled chicken nuggets and they're like zero basically carbs and they're, they're pretty good. And then I get a, I get a diet Coke. I'm going to be honest with y'all. Sometimes I do get a little diet Coke, um, here and there. And, uh, the problem with getting a Diet Coke at Chick-fil-A is that I care less about the Diet Coke than I do about the ice. I really want to finish the drink so I can get to the ice. (laughs) Chick-fil-A has these, this like amazing, uh, I don't know what they call it, bald ice or something. I used to get so mad at my ex-husband because he would crunch ice all the time and it drove me crazy and I couldn't stand it. And I I would get mad because he knew it drove me crazy and he still did it constantly. But now I, for some reason, have picked up crunching ice all the time while I'm driving. Like I'll go into Speedway and just get a cup of ice to chew through. Does that mean something? Is that bad? I don't know. I used to think that it was bad for your teeth. I don't know if it is or not, if I just made that up. But yeah, I'm looking forward to finishing this Diet Coke, so I'm going to crunch this ice like it's my job. Um, I'm checking in with you from Polar Vortex 2019 in Ohio. This morning, it was negative 5 degrees. My car, most recently, it's about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, said negative 1. The wind chill is where it'll get you. It's, it, the wind is blowing, and that, that makes it even colder. I don't know. It's like negative a million or something with the wind chill. <laughs> It's bad. Don't worry though. Stick around in Ohio if you don't like it super cold because on Monday it's going to be almost 60 degrees. So hang tight. Hang tight for just a couple days. It's going to fluctuate back right back up. I'm working today because uh, despite the fact that my kids are home from school and everything else in the world is shut down right now because of the cold, your girl's still out here hustling. That's what I do. So I'm getting my work done and uh, I'm going to run in here real quick and do a little bit of work and then I'll be back. All right, I'm actually back a couple days later. I never uh, did get a chance uh, when I initially started this recording to finish up. Basically, I don't know. It, my week has been very busy with work. And I, I'm very thankful. I think I've mentioned before, um, you know, the thing if, you were, if you've ever worked in healthcare or home healthcare especially, the uh, census, as we call it, um, can fluctuate quite a bit. And so I had last year, I, I really struggled for most of the year to see the number of patients that I needed to see. I just did not have the, um, I just did not have as many patients as I had previously had in previous years. And that's why I ended up actually picking up, uh, the second job because I would find myself like my kids would go to school and I'd be paying for daycare and then like I wouldn't have any work to do. And so at least with this second job, if I have days that are low with my first job, then I have something to like fill my time with the second job anyway. But recently, like 
I've kind of changed some some things. I've done I'm doing some things a little bit differently, networking a little bit differently with some of the staff that I work with. And so my numbers have been um, really high, and so I'm have been super busy. I'm busy today. It's Friday, y'all. Thank the Lord. I was just telling my sitter, uh, Mia had uh, speech therapy this morning, and I was just telling my sitter when I dropped her back when I dropped her off after that that this week has felt. I, I hate like every week's the same amount of time, like. I, I don't even really like to say this because it feels just really annoying, but I, I, I'm going to say it because it does. This week has felt so long. It's like the cold. We had two days. We had two polar vortex days. I record. I started the recording on the first one when it was like negative five. And I, I mentioned, made mention of the, um, the wind chill, but I don't feel like I really highlighted how bad it actually was. When I dropped the kids off, the babies off at the sitter that morning, my sitter lives like in the middle of a, a giant open field with cornfields all around her, and obviously there's no corn right now, so just big open open land. <clears throat> um, my face hurt. Like, it felt like somebody had smacked me straight in the face with a frying pan, and... Um, my mom was telling me that with that wind chill, like being as low as it is and it being as cold as it was, that your eyeballs can flash freeze. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. I feel like that that was almost a possibility for me when I dropped the kids off because my eyes did really hurt. Like they were watering. I was crying. And my forehead and my face, like it just hurt. I've never experienced so much. It, it, I mean, it's cold. the cold wasn't even that bad, to be honest. I was worried about my house. I was a little bit worried about my furnace, like keeping up, the old house, stuff like that. The house was fine. The cold really wasn't that bad, but the wind did kind of kill me a little bit. So, day two of Polar Vortex, I think the high got up to like, 14 or something or 11 I don't know it felt like a heat wave and then today we're rocking it at 17 degrees so basically about to like be in shorts um but you know my kids still don't have school these kids I don't even know what's going to happen they're going to be going to school all summer because at this point um they haven't had school for the past three days they missed two days because of the cold they missed today because it started snowing overnight we got about I don't know, three, four inches of snow. It's not bad. Um, obviously, I'm out working, so it's not like the roads are bad or anything. But, um, yeah, and so they've, they've had two days of school, like, this whole week. Last week was kind of the same thing. They had delays. They missed Martin Luther King Day. They had a delay, like a scheduled delay on Wednesday. I mean, they just don't go to school hardly at all during the winter. I told my son yesterday I'm going to start homeschooling him through the winter because... <laughs> I feel like their little brains are just atrophying away. Uh, also, like physically, they're just like their their muscle tone is just non-existent because all they do is lay around and watch TV and like do nothing. We got to the um, Wednesday night after them being home all day. When I got home and made dinner, they were so squirrely and annoying and like just fussing and picking at each other and being goofy and not listening and just because they're not able to like get any any energy out it's not like you can be like ah, bundle up go outside and run around the house no it's 10 below like they'll get frostbite you can't do anything and I mean we do a lot like we do um to you know to try to combat this like cabin fever type stuff I do uh with them it's called fitness marshall you got to look this guy up on youtube if you if you need some uh something to do to get get the wiggles out so to speak um fitness marshall on youtube he is really super funny and he does these actual like like you think it's going to be goofy but then you start doing it and you're like dag on i'm out of breath <laughs> kind of hot um he does these dance like basically zumba i guess but it's like um it's more like a hip-hop style. I really like it. We do those. The kids do... Um, there's a couple of different... Like, there's a Cosmic Kids Yoga. And they really like that. The girls especially really like that. And I'll do that with them. Like, we do stuff to try to get energy out. But, I mean, 
when they've been sitting at home for 10 hours out of the day, like a half an hour of yoga or half hour of dancing is really not going to cut it. So last night, um, I got home and I actually, uh, I was so blessed by a family in my church who, um, gave me a gift card to a, um, to a restaurant in my, in the town next to us that I really like. And so I, I kind of had a, a mix up with my dinner menu planning this week. I have food that I could have cooked yesterday. Like I have backup things or whatever, but I just really, I wasn't in the mood to cook anything. And so I went ahead and went to this little restaurant and got, um, they have like takeout dinners and stuff. So I got a dinner. It's a homemade, you know, deliciousness. So we, so basically when I got home, like we were done with dinner a little bit earlier than we normally would have because it was just, dinner was just a matter of heating it up and eating. And so I said, you look like everybody get changed. We're going to the Y. I can't, I can't handle. <laughs> and then it wasn't supposed to start snowing until 10 o'clock, but it started snowing at like six on the, on our way to the Y. And so I knew they weren't going to have school. Like it, this, we can't handle it here. If it's an inch on the ground, like they're canceling school. So I knew they weren't going to have school. So I really didn't care. We like, we stayed and played in the play place to get some more energy out. We, uh, um, took our time getting home. I got them, I got them some snacks at McDonald's on the way home. Like I went into, um, I'm going to talk about this in a second, but I went into Rite Aid, um, and bought a blood sugar testing meter. And then we got home and we was like pushing 10 o'clock before we even got home and the roads were starting to get bad. I was like, they're not having school tomorrow. Like it's, it's four degrees. This isn't going to melt. Like this is staying on the roads and like just whatever. So really like the babies didn't even go to bed till almost 10 o'clock. We just fiddled around. Charlie stayed up till after 11 and then now I'm exhausted because for some reason after he went to bed, I got a second wind and I started doing all kinds of stuff. Next thing I know, it's like 1.30 in the morning and I'm still kind of like, like my reasoning is telling me you need to go to bed because you're going to be miserable tomorrow. But I really still had a lot of energy and wanted to get some more things done. But I did finally end up going to bed. So let me get into this with this uh, blood sugar meter. Eventually, I'm going to try to stop self-diagnosing myself and actually go to a doctor. But in the meantime, until I can find time to do that, um, I am going to try to pinpoint what my issue is, um, with not being able to lose weight and with just a chronic, like almost debilitating fatigue. Now, I mean, I'm tired today because I'm an idiot and I stayed up too late and then had to get up early, but I mean, even when I get a good six and a half, seven, sometimes even eight hours of sleep, I still feel um, like this overwhelming feeling of exhaustion. And so I posted on Instagram a couple of weeks ago because I thought, you know what? Like, there's all of these companies that sell um, energy drinks and supplements and vitamins and blah, blah, blah all of these different things. And I'm like, you know what? I, I'm at the point now where I'm kind of like willing to try anything or willing to at least look into seeing like some other options so that I can have a little bit more energy. Um, and I got some re good responses. Um, some people were saying like, uh, it could be, um, like the one thing that kind of came out quite a few times was this idea of like, uh, Epstein-Barr virus and um, some underlying like virus that may need to be treated. I, I do like remember um, growing up having that term kind of thrown around when I would go to the doctor through my like teenage years and stuff because this is not like a new thing like oh you have four kids of course you're tired. No this is like a been going on my entire life <laughs> type thing. Um, I had Lyme disease in third grade I went out and saw my uncle and aunt and cousins in Boston, Massachusetts. And if you didn't know, that's like the Lyme tick 
deer tick capital of the world. So I ended up, yeah, I ended up getting bit by a deer tick and had Lyme disease in third grade. Fun fact. It's a fun fact for you. Write that down. Um, so, I mean, I've got kind of some like maybe factors that I could consider that could be causing this. But anyway, the one thing between like that Instagram post and a couple of comments that people made, and then I've watched a couple of YouTube videos, I'm considering the possibility that I may have insulin resistance. And here's why. <clears throat> I read something the other day that said, like, one of the main things that affects insulin resistance is stress. And it's impossible to combat insulin resistance unless you can reduce the stress in your life. Well, folks, let me just uh, let you know something here. I cannot reduce the stress in my life like there's nothing that I can I cannot get rid of my children I love them dearly that's step one um I cannot quit my job I like my job and I also like to be able to pay my bills and eat food so that's not an option I cannot get rid of my house I like my house I want to continue to have a home like there's nothing there's nothing like Oh, okay, I'm going to give this, I'm teaching this class, and it's not really something that's, you know, any, I can give it up. No, there's nothing like that. Like, I'm doing, I'm, there's nothing I can, I can eliminate. So the stress is going to be there. Like, that's just, uh, uh, that's it for sure. Um, And so, you know, knowing that... So this is the reason I got the blood sugar meter is because I want to try to get an idea on how my blood sugar is affected by the foods that I eat and to see if I'm having, um, like if, if, if my body is actually, um, doing what it's supposed to do when it comes to insulin. I heard a podcast even of this, of a woman who, because she didn't have diabetes, but because she was insulin resistant and her blood sugar was not or her, yeah, her blood sugar would not lower like it needed to with insulin. In order to heal that, her doctor actually did prescribe, um, and, um, diabetes type medication to help her insulin to kind of kick into gear. And I don't want to take any medication. I really, that's the thing. Like I'm really, really trying to avoid, um, any type of like, medication prescription treatments because it, the reality is like I won't take them I'll forget I, I like I I, I want to take my vitamins and I maybe take them four out of seven days of the week it's terrible I'll just forget and and so then it will be a waste of money and a waste of everybody's time because I won't remember to do it I've I've said a hundred times to my family like if I ever am prescribed a medication that I have to take or I'll die go ahead and start planning my funeral because I'm terrible. I've never had uh, medication prescribed that I had to take consistently. And so it's just not something that I'm used to doing. And it's not something that I want to get used to doing. So anyway, I'm kind of just trying anything I can try at this point to try to heat. I know that my body is just a mess. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I've been living in like a constant state of stress and kind of chaos and anxiety for a lot of years. I feel like honestly this year is kind of winding down uh, and I and I'm I feel less stressed this year than I have in a long time. And so it's a good thing. It's a really good thing. But um that doesn't change the fact that like the effect that the past 12 years have had on my body. So I'm trying to heal myself. I'm trying to get things straightened out. You know, weight loss is a, uh, is a nice byproduct. My, my ultimate goal is health and just to be healthy. And I was telling, um, my sitter because she was saying that she kind of has the same issues with exhaustion and fatigue and, and she also has a almost two-year-old and I, you know, have a two-year-old and a one-year-old. And I said, you know, I'm going to be parenting for at least the next 17 years. I really would love to have a little bit more energy going into these 17 years. And I just feel like, 
I'm getting closer to 40 and I want to figure this out before, because I know, like, obviously as you get older, I'm going to be just fighting age and, you know, biology. Where is this road? Oh, here it is. Can't see anything when it's snow like this. Like, all the signs are covered up. And so, anyway, I mean, let me know if you have an idea or if you can think of anything. I've also heard about adrenal fatigue. That, for me, is a very elusive uh, diagnosis because I'm like, what does it actually mean? Like, what does that actually mean? And no one has really been able to tell me. And no one, definitely no one has been able to tell me, like, if, if there's any type of a treatment that is effective for adrenal fatigue. Um, and that's also, I think, a, more of a stress induced type uh, diagnosis but yeah I don't know I definitely don't know anything about that one so uh, I'm not sure what the solution is there but anyway so that's where I'm at I think I've you know I'm kind of keeping track by month I had I didn't weigh myself the past couple of days but I'd say I'm probably down like five or six pounds this month which is whatever you know most people like cut carbs and cut sugar and bread and we'll lose like 20 pounds in a month. (laughs) Not this girl. Nope. Nope. I'll be lucky if I lose one. So I've just kind of decided like I have some goals. I want to, you know, accomplish some things in my health, but I also am really just kind of looking at it month by month and, and trying to accept that this is probably going to be like a full year of, hopefully getting my health straightened out. You know, last year I picked up Max at the end of December or yeah, in December of 2017. And I had just started to try to get things straightened out. Um, I had gained like 20 pounds and then I had lost it. I was down like 20 pounds. And then right before he came, I had kind of started to gain it back. Um, and then when he came like over that year, I gained another 30 pounds. So in reality, like in a year or a little over a year, I've gained 50 pounds. And that is like I mentioned before, like, I just know that it's not healthy. My numbers might all look okay, but I just know for me, it's not healthy. It doesn't feel right. And I want to, um, I want to be healthier and I want to set myself up like moving forward going as I get older to not have to struggle with my weight into my forties. Cause I know that it's so, going to be so much, it's hard now. Like I can't imagine it's going to be so much harder, you know, into my forties to try to lose weight and be healthy then. Um, so <clears throat> anyway, what are y'all doing? How's your new year's resolutions or goals or whatever would be going. My other goal to give you an update on that was to try to rein in my budget a little bit more. I found myself, I found myself realizing that I'm making more than enough money to pay off, pay my bills. And sometimes I wasn't. And that was just, and sometimes I wasn't not because I was choosing not to pay them, but because I just would get to the point of needing to pay them and not have enough money. And I, and I kept thinking like, where is my money going? Why don't I have enough money to pay my bills? I know that I work hard. I know that I have a decent um, salary. I should be able to pay these bills. And so sure enough, I do definitely make enough money to pay my bills. I just was really kind of, I mean, for lack of a better word, like I was just pissing it away. I was just spending money on things that I did not need, on eating out, on junk, on things that I, whatever. So I definitely have tried to like kind of implement a Dave Ramsey, if you're familiar with him, I think I've mentioned like, he's a total jerk. He's really rude and disrespectful, (laughs) but his methods work. I'm sorry. Like I hate to support somebody who can be so mean, but his methods really do work. And I've kind of implemented that same strategy as far as I don't actually have any envelopes, but I, I kind of think for February, I might actually um, withdraw cash and actually use the envelopes because I think it'll help my kids too. Well, a lot of what was happening is that they were so used to like 
I would stop to get gas and they'd be like, oh my gosh, get us drinks, get us snacks. We're driving, we're going to be driving for the next hour. We need drinks and snacks. And so I'd be like, all right. And I'd run in and next thing you know, I spent $15 on drinks and snacks at a gas station. And so that adds up. Like it, obviously it added up a lot in my world because I would get to like need to pay a bill and not have the money for it because I've spent a hundred dollars on drinks and snacks over the month. So kind of what I did, I mean, I'm a fan, we're a family of five. I budgeted out. Well, I should say this. I budgeted a hundred dollars a week for groceries and I'll be honest, that has been really tough. I haven't done it. The, the closest I've got has been like 135. If anything, I've gone quite a bit over it. Um, like between 50 and $60 over. And I'm actually, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not too mad about it. I budgeted that amount as just a generic amount to start because I really had no idea how much I was spending on food, especially how much I was going to need to spend on groceries when we're eating all of our meals at home. Um, you know, obviously I just talked about <clears throat> ordering from the restaurant last night, but for the most part, I have been cooking every night for this entire past month. Um, even on the weekends cooking and prepping, like meal prepping and, and packing and, and taking leftovers and extra things for meals and using those for my lunches. Um, here's a, uh, here's a pro tip if you want to pack food that needs heated up and you're out on the road for your job or whatever it is you do. Um, I go into Speedway, which is a gas station here. I don't know if they're nationwide, but I go into Speedway and I just bust in there and act like it's my own personal kitchen. And I, I heat my little Tupperware of food up and I get a plastic fork. I get a little bit of salt if I need it. I just get whatever I need. And I'm telling you, I've been doing this now for... I want to say like for at least three weeks out of the month when when I was when the kids were sick, obviously I wasn't working, so I didn't really do it then. But I mean, I've been doing that for a lot of a lot of a lot of weeks, and I was I there's been other times that I've done it as well, and I have never had anyone say anything to me. If anything, the cashiers are like, "Ooh, what are you eating today? Is that broccoli?" <laughs> Like they're real interested in what I've got packed. So yeah, I mean, if you are like, I want to pack leftovers, but I know I'm not going to have a chance to heat them up. Like I know when I worked in child welfare, I would run into this a lot too. Like I'd be out seeing kids and seeing families. I'd be like, this sucks. Like I packed a lunch, but I can't eat it because I'm not going to be in the office. And so I won't be able to heat it up. But just keep that in mind. There's speedways everywhere. Like there's literally one on almost every corner. So yeah, you can bust in there and use their microwave. And so far I haven't run into one that doesn't have a microwave. So I don't know about other gas stations, but I know all the speedways do. And there's never been any issue. But anyway, so yeah, I've been um, over budget on groceries, but I've also, like I said, we eat all of our um, breakfast is obviously at home. I buy all of our lunch. My, I pack the kids lunches. So all of our, so all three meals, all three meals for myself and the older two, and then at least dinner for the babies every day. And then obviously on the weekends, all three meals, they're at the sitter during the day and she does breakfast and lunch for them. So, and I buy, um, a lot of meat and a lot of fruits and vegetables. I buy a lot of fresh food. I don't do a lot of like prepackaged or, um, you know, processed food. So it, that is a little bit more costly. And so I'm not mad about being over the grocery budget because I, like I said, I didn't really know. I just kind of threw out that hundred dollars a week as a like baseline to see where we we're at. I think I might bump it up to 150 and, and then try to like take that 50 from other areas of the budget and cut it back. But, um, and then I budgeted, $50 a week for gas and that's been spot on. Like if anything, I'm sometimes under on that and I drive all day. Like I drive, that's my job. I drive and see patients out in the community. So that's been totally, um, manageable, if not even a little bit high. And then I also budgeted $50 a week for just like random, like I want to forget, like today, I forgot to get my, pick up my lunch. So I'm going to, you know, maybe have to buy something at a restaurant. Um, or we want to go and do something on the weekend. And so we use that $50. I 
that's not been a terrible thing to stick to. I have gone over that a little bit a couple of weeks, but, um, but what I was saying is I really do think that I'm going to go, go ahead and implement the, the envelope system for this month because I think that it will really help my kids to be like, okay, here's the extra stuff envelope. It only has $28 in it for the week. Like, what do you want to do this weekend with $28? And then kind of seeing like how creative can we be to use that money to come up with something to do and or saying like, well, or we could save it for next week and then we'll have, you know, 80 bucks and then we could do something even more exciting next weekend. And maybe this weekend we just stay in and play game. You know, I think it would really help my kids to have because they just honestly, my gosh, are so spoiled. They have no concept of money or how much things cost or how like a lot of people can't do the things that we do because I just don't like I honestly I just rarely tell them no and I just they're spoiled they're just really spoiled and so I I think I am going to do that I think I'm going to use the envelope system at least for those three budgeted items um, outside of that I mean everything else that I spend my money on is bills and so it's all like automatic automatically paid or I pay it or, you know, I don't have anything that I, um, outside of that. And then I have started, um, both Charlie and Clara have a savings account that I have, like I've, I've put money into those accounts before, like from birthdays and stuff, but I'm actually have a monthly like designated amount that's going to be, um, going into those accounts. And so, yeah, I'm trying to, trying to act like an adult and get my life together. What it comes down to is that I kind of have to do this because um, this year alone, I really need to get a new roof, which is, I don't know, ten fifteen thousand dollars $15,000. I also really am going to need a new furnace next year, which I'm uh, predict- predicting is going to be around ten grand. And then I also need a van, like really, really, really need a van or a bigger vehicle or something. Um, and that's something that needs to happen like within the next few months. And so I have these big ticket expenses that are coming up. And so every time I get paid, I'm budgeting like to the penny and then anything that's left over, I'm putting into a savings account. So I'm trying, really, really trying to save so that I can start like paying towards some of these big, big items that I have to do for the house and for a vehicle. So that's that. I hope y'all are feeling energized here February 1st. Uh, I know January drug out. Somebody came up with some dumb meme. It cracked me up. It said like, I'm so glad we survived the 800 something days of January or, you know, I don't know, basically making it out like January lasted forever. And it does kind of feel that way, but I'm excited. I feel good about January. I feel like it was a little rocky with the kids being sick, but, um, I stuck to most of the thing, you know, I stuck to like my eating plan. I stuck to my budget and then my workouts. We, like I said, we went to the Y last night. I'm planning on picking up and going back. I wasn't about to go to the Y. I'm not going to lie. I wasn't about to go to the Y and work out when it was negative 35 degrees below zero. <laughs> I'm not doing it. So, but I'm hoping next week it's going to be in the 60s. So, my plan is next week to uh, pick back up with going to the gym in the morning and uh, get back on track as far as that goes. So, anyway, let me know how you're doing. I hope you've stuck with whatever it was you committed to in January, or maybe you're like, I'm awesome. I didn't commit to anything. I'm just living my best life and I don't care about no resolutions. (laughs) And that's good too. I hope that you continue in that direction. So I'm going to do a little work here and then I'll be back with our topic for the day to wrap this episode up. All right. Starting out the day well with a, whoa, that's loud. With a, uh, no show. My first appointment. Love that. Here's a, a heads up for home health care. If you ever <laughs> just file this way, if you're young and it maybe will be a couple years before you have home health care or you ever do have it, your people don't get paid when you're not home and you have a missed appointment. Just so you know. So that's annoying. I'm not like a doctor's office who can give you a penalty bill because you didn't show up. <laughs> I get nothing. I get nothing except for wasted time and gas. The pain in the butt. But apparently uh, it's noon and my patient doesn't 
get up until 3 or 4 o'clock in the afternoon. So, that's good to know. I'll be back. Um, anyway, uh, I hadn't been able to go to church for about three weeks. Uh, the one week, you know, the babies and everyone was, was sick with this norovirus. The week after that, church actually, um, okay, how did it go? I don't know. There was one week where I was really worried about being able to get out of my driveway and didn't think I would be able to because we got a lot of snow. And then there was another week where the kids were sick. And then there was another week where church actually closed down because it was a stage two, level two, red alert, code red, I don't know, something bad with the weather. And so they actually canceled the services because of it being so bad out. So I finally got to go last Sunday and I actually... Um, I think I've mentioned before, I usually keep the baby with me in the service because it's his nap time and I can pretty well um, rock him to sleep like during the music portion. Except for this week, Charlie went and got a donut. Our church has donuts, like free donuts every week. Um, and uh, talk about self-control, like right out the gate. Dear Jesus, give me self-control when I walk into my church. <laughs> um and so Charlie got a donut, and uh, Max lost his mind because he has he's carb, he's carb. He lives a friend of carbs, and so he was screaming and squealing and carrying on wanting that donut so much. And Charlie was giving it to him, which was fine. But then when the donut was gone, he uh, lost his mind and he was mad. And so <laughs> when that happened, it was um, it was time he had to go to the nursery. This is, I think, the first time that he stayed in the nursery for the entire service. He's over a year old. so. And then, of course, thankfully, praise Jesus, he did not end up sick. Um, a friend of mine's like teenage daughter is in there helping out the adult that's in there in the little baby room or whatever. And she's like, um, I went and saw Max and played with him. I'm like, oh, really? I didn't see him in there when I dropped him off. She said, oh, no, no, no. I wasn't supposed to be in there, but... Uh, my daughter texted me and said she was uh, sick to her stomach and she had to go throw up. So I had to go take her spot. And I'm like, are you kidding me? The first time that I have him in the nursery in a, over a year after he's just coming off of this nasty stomach virus, he gets exposed to it again. Oh, uh, so like I took him home. I changed his clothes. I washed his hands. I washed his face. I scrubbed him down. I lysoled the car seat. Like, I'm like, we will not this will not happen in our house again. So thankfully he did not end up getting sick again. But anyway, all that to say, I actually was not only was I at church, I actually got to listen to, uh, the message and it was a good one. I'm not going to re I'm not going to go into the whole thing, but essentially, um, what my pastor talked about was how, uh, uh, Elijah, um, was, uh, king, I think. I'm real, I'm real shaky on the details here. And then Elisha was like a farmer, did a farmer type situation and basically was called by God, was just a normal dude, but made the decision that he was going to give up like his, like it, it, the Bible alludes to the fact that he was pretty wealthy. He had a lot going on. He had all these oxen and land and stuff. And like when God called him to do something bigger than that, he dropped everything. He gave up everything that he had and moved forward with the life. I'm sorry about these windshield wipers. You know how you're on the highway and like it's not snowing and it's not raining, but if you get behind a truck or something because the road's wet, it sprays all kinds of good grief. Anyway, so I've got these wipers on to help keep my windshield clear. Um, anyway, so his whole point was, like, there's a lot of people, and I really, I really, really like this idea, this premise, because I think this is so true. There's a lot of people who are Christians, who believe in God, who, who serve God with their, or, you know, who really, really have good relationships with God. That's number one. Those same people are living what would be considered really good lives. They're doing good things. They're going to church. They're taking care of their children. They're working. They're being responsible. They're contributing to their community. They're active in their church. They're doing good things. It's a good, safe, good life from the outside. 
And basically what he was saying is, um, the Bible talks about how the power that Jesus had to raise people from the dead is the same power that we have in our lives if we have a relationship with Christ. And so, is it possible that God may be leading us or may be calling us to do something that seems crazy or that's that is crazy that that's bigger than what makes sense or that's bigger than what the world would really be able to grasp um when i when i hear heard this message message if i could talk I thought about this um, couple that I follow on Instagram, and when I look at their, like, I've had a lot of people say to me, I just had a girl say this to me yesterday, I don't know how you do it, I can never do it, our lives are too busy, and, oh, I don't know how you do it, I don't know how you do it, I've heard that a lot, Um, and my response is always, I don't know either, it's just Jesus, like, it's Jesus, I don't know how I do it, (laughs) it's Jesus, Um, but this woman I look at her and I really am like, I do not know how. She has adopted these two children from, I mean, I don't want to mess it up, but some Russia type situation, orphanage. And this one child is, I think, 16, 17 years old. He has, they did did both have, both of these children have major, like major, major, major medical issues major malnutrition issues, major, like just developmental, like their legs are curled up and their, and their bodies are deformed because they just have been in orphanages and not cared for and are just a mess. And this, these, this family has gone and, and gotten these children and are caring for them in their home. And I look at her and I'm like, I don't get it. I, that's a, that is a, commitment that I can't put my head around. That's a God commitment that I can't put. And so for her, like that family, I look at her and I'm like, you're amazing. Like your faith is, is, uh, is different than mine because I don't think I could do that. I don't think that I can, but you know what? Like if you would have told me three years ago that I would be about to be, I would about to be, uh, adopting two babies I would be like, no way. I couldn't do it. I can't do that. I can't take on. I can't be a single mom to four kids. There's no way. I can't do it. I think a lot of times we psych ourselves out. We psych ourselves out and we say, I'm too busy. There's no way. I don't have the money. I don't have the resources. I don't have the time. I couldn't do it. I think a lot of times God gives us really big and really exciting dreams and and goals and things that he has for us to do things that he has for us to to step out on faith to step out basically on into a big giant void without any confidence in ourselves and and, into situations where we're forced to trust God to carry us and and I'm telling you the payoff is huge um I don't really feel like I'm doing anything, like, too very uh, exciting or big or anything like that. But it it was a big step for me in the beginning. It was a big jump for me to commit and for me to take it. And I drug it out. I mean, I drug it out. It took me way longer to get licensed to foster than I needed to. Um, it you know, I didn't expect to even get a placement. I turned down a lot of calls before I accepted Mia. And even then, I still didn't really believe or think that it was going to be something that would carry on and end up the way, you know, I had no inclination that it would end up um, the way that it has now, you know, almost two and a half years later. But so a couple of quotes that he said, I'm just going to give him credit for these quotes because I don't know that he, uh, specifically credited anybody but okay so that verse that I was mentioning I look at me I'm gonna actually like give you some for real references and not just uh run my mouth and and then have you guess it if it's actually is real for the bible so the verse that he kind of highlighted um at the beginning of the service was John um it's in the new testament so like the back part of your bible um, John fourteen twelve. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also 
do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do because I am going to the Father. So there it is. Like, if you, uh, whoever believes, you like, you have that power. You have that power to do great and huge and hard things. And so I think we just get caught. We get caught up in like, we go to bed at night and we kind of like, you know, let a big sigh out or like, man, I'm really doing it. I got a good job. I got a nice house. I got a nice car. My kids are happy. We go on a vacation in the summer for a couple weeks. We go on a, you know, maybe a, a, a long weekend here and there to the lake. Like we're really living it up and living a life, you know, like every once in a while I'll serve at the church I'll serve uh, in the community and so I'm doing my part there and 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 like he was saying none of those things are bad like it's good it's all good good things but I think the point the whole point of his message that I really loved is like you got to shake it up you got to get radical sometimes you got to try to try to really listen and kind of turn your ear to God and say is there something more like do you have something more for me than this um, just kind of safe, easy life. Like, do you want me to sacrifice something? Do you want me to give up my house? Do you want me to give up my, my security and my job and, and, and pursue something different for your glory? Is there something that you need for me? Is there something that I need to do to kind of shake it up and acknowledge that I can do it because I have the power of Jesus and and the Holy Spirit in my life. And I can do these things if if that's what you have for me to do. So these quotes that he said, I love these. I like, I want to, I'm never going to get a tattoo. I don't think, but if I was going to like, these are tattoo worthy or like put it on a canvas worthy. The path to greater things begins with surrender and sacrifice. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I I love that so much. Like you can't, you can't get better. You can't move up. You can't uh, accomplish more without there being a little bit of pain, without there being a little bit of sacrifice and and giving up of of the old ways of the old things. Um, I hate changing the way that I eat. I love food. I love junk food. Like, I want to eat all of it. But I know, and this is just a stupid thing. Like, I know that my path to being better when it comes to my health and my, you know, overall, like, my my health. Like, I'm not even going to say weight. My health. My path to being better is, is it takes sacrifice. It takes giving up the junk. It takes giving up the eating anything and everything. And so I've got to do it. I mean, I think the path to fostering or adoption definitely takes some surrender and sacrifice. And when I think of surrender, I think of just like my prayer consistently through this entire foster care process has just been to God, like whatever, like whatever you have, whatever you want me to do, whatever the outcome is, I'll do it. I'll do it. And so that has been for me, like, that's what I think of when I think of surrender for me, because I have had to, I'm telling you, if you're in the foster care world, you know what I'm talking about. Like if you try to hold on to any expectations for how you think things are going to go or any expectations for how you maybe want things to go, like you are just really setting yourself up for a lot of heartache and trauma and just uh, hurt. And so I just decided kind of from day one, like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to, um, I don't want to fall into that, like having expectations that maybe are not going to be fulfilled. And so my surrender has been whatever happens, happens and whatever happens is right. And whatever happens is what God has. And so that's what I'm going to, um, I'm going to be okay with it. Um, obviously like there's been plenty of sacrifices too. And you know, that's what it comes down to. The path to greater things begins with surrender and sacrifice. I flip and love that. The next one that I'm also crazy about, I I really, really love this. I wrote it down. I want to, I do really do want to like put this on a plaque or a canvas or something and hang it in my house because I want this to be a constant reminder to me because it says those that God uses the most hold on to the least. 
come on church. Like I want to stand up and shout when I heard him say that because I already kind of have that mentality. Like I hate clutter. I hate having so many things. I hate my house being kind of piled up. I, I, I run a, a real like teeter totter, uh, kind of back and forth because as much as I hate having so many things, I also don't want to get myself in a situation to where I get rid of everything. And then like, I need something for the house or I need something for the kids and I have to end up spending money. Like that feels irresponsible if I already had it and I got rid of it because I'm trying to be minimalist. I'm trying to simplify. So, but I, I do really think like cutting out as much as you possibly can and living the most minimalistic life that you can is really, really a a way to kind of clear your head and clear your schedule and clear your brain and your mind and your heart and all of it so that you can be available for God to use you um, in really great ways. I'll be honest, like I'm dreading, um, I'm not dreading it because I love watching my kids um, do sports and, and be active and stuff, but This season, we typically take the winter season off. We don't do sports um, because we, we're, you know, that kids do either football or soccer or some type of thing like that in the fall. And then in the spring, my daughter plays baseball and my son now is going to run track. And then in the summer, they both swim. So this is our season. Like we have a lot of birthdays, obviously the holidays. And so I've really, really loved this season of not having a busy schedule, of not having to run and come and go every other night. Um, and so I just know, I mean, that's not realistic. Like we're going to have a lot of things going on, but I'm telling you, having my schedule clear and having a lot of time and a lot of um, freedom has really, really opened up my eyes to be able to kind of engage in other activities and other things. Um, and I, I, I just believe that. I just believe that not holding on to things, not holding on to, to things that are, are not important can really, um, can really set you up. Let me just read it again. Those that God uses the most hold on to the least. So I don't know. I don't know what that means for you. I don't know what that means for me sometimes. Like I'm, I'm still like, it's been almost a week and I'm really, am still processing this message and trying to like figure out how to um, implement these practices even more into my life because I, I still like, I mean, my fostering journey is not over. I'm, I'm getting ready to adopt the babies, but I still really, really believe that like God still has fostering for me. I don't know what that looks like. I'm not ready to add another baby to our house. Um, uh, so I don't know what that looks like. I don't know if that looks like advocacy for a while and education for a while and trying to help other families, you know, maybe consider foster care for a little while until I can kind of get things a little bit more settled at my house, or maybe it does mean, maybe it does mean that I need to stop putting limitations on myself. And like, I've just encouraged y'all to do and acknowledge that with God, I can have the power to continue to do things that are stupid or seem crazy or, uh, people shake their heads at, or don't make any sense for, for his, for him and for his kingdom and to try to serve in a way that's radical or that's, you know, outside of, what's normal. So I don't know. I don't want, you know, I actually like during the service, I saw a guy who I know from my community. I, and I don't like, obviously I don't know what he was doing. I saw him get up and leave, um, during the service. And I saw a couple of other people get up and leave. And I thought, I wonder if people are offended by this. Um, I wonder if people are sitting here listening to our pastor, tell them like, Basically, stop being content with your safe, normal, good life. That's kind of was the message. Like, dig in, like, listen and open your eyes and listen, open your ears and listen to see if God maybe has something different for you. I kind of wondered if people maybe were, if there were people in the service, I'm not saying that those people walked out because they were offended. I'm saying that when they walked out that I, that made me think that like, I could see how this message could potentially be offensive to someone who is looking and saying, look, dude, 
I'm doing what I believe I need to be doing. I'm working. I'm taking care of my kids. I'm taking care of my house. I'm active in my community. I'm doing what I need to be doing. Stop telling me that I need to do something else. Stop telling me that it's not enough is essentially kind of what I thought. Like maybe there there would be people who would feel that way. And I don't want to come across like that. And I don't believe he, my pastor was trying to come across like that. I think the the thing that I want to say is like, just be open to the possibility that, um, you know, the things that you're doing are good, but that there may be more, there may be more that, um, you could be doing or that, you know, God has for you to do. And if you have an idea or you, um, you know, you've thought of something that kind of seems crazy and you keep putting it, putting it back behind, like putting it on the back shelf, on the back burner and ignoring it. Like, Maybe it's time to start digging into it. Maybe it's time to start going to a, a information meeting about foster care. Maybe it's time to talk to somebody about international adoption or, or domestic adoption. Maybe it's time to look into a different job or a different career or a different, I don't know. I don't know what it looks like for other people. For me, like my passion is children and foster care. So that's kind of where my brain goes, but that's not the only thing. Like there obviously are a lot of other things that God calls for people to do that are big and huge things that he can really use you in. So I basically just, um, relayed the message that my pastor, um, <laughs> preach. I totally ripped it off from him. His name is Steven Betts. Uh, he is uh, pretty brilliant. So if you're in the area and you're around New Lebanon, it's a uh, first Baptist church in New Lebanon. Um, don't like calm if you're, if you hate me and like try to hurt me or my family, please. Um, but yeah, I'd really love to see you come there, like try it out, um, and say, Hey, I'd be fun. Uh, and yeah, he's a great pastor and I think you'll really enjoy him. And I really, really like, and like I said, enjoy that message and wanted to pass it on. So somehow I managed to drag this out for over an hour. I haven't done that in a while. That's exciting. I'm going to listen to this and get it posted today. And then, um, I was thinking earlier, like, I have just been making excuses about trying to get some things scheduled with this podcast because honestly, the weather, the weather has really messed me up this week. (laughs) I know it seems stupid, but just my anxiety has been kind of through the roof because I've been just so nervous about it being as cold as it is. But uh, now that that's passed and I can stop making excuses, I will uh, be trying to get some more things scheduled for this coming week. So look forward to it. Hope y'all are having a great day. Stay warm, stay safe, and I'll talk to you the next time. You can catch up with me on email. Send me an email if you want. It's it's.me.sam.podcast.gmail.com. Or you can uh, catch me at the same handle on Instagram. And I hope to hear from you. Have a great day. Bye.